You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Okay, before I get started, I'm just like two seconds. I'm going to talk about the virus for a second, just because it's like I can't escape it. It's everywhere. I get bombarded by emails about it, social media posts. Every it's like the only conversation happening today, except here on the Conscious Console. Now we're going to talk about something else. But I just want to say, I just want to let all of our loyal listeners and fans know that regardless of what's happening out there, we will find a way to continue to bring you all of our broadcasting on talkradio.nyc. Um, we do now have a capability to have our hosts be remote. Um, so if by chance here in New York City they decide to do something crazy like uh, stop the public uh, transportation system or something, uh, we do have ah, contingencies and we will continue to bring you new live shows every week. So I just just want to get that out of the way. Now that we're done with that, we'll start with our quotes of the day, and then I'll introduce my wonderful, wonderful guest who we have on the video conference today. So first, from the universe, let's see what the universe has in store for us today. Here's the rub. If it wasn't so flippin' simple, manifesting change, finding happiness, living the life of your dreams, I really do think more people would Get it. Happily, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. 
Um, I think he's, he's uh, you know, the universe trying to pull our leg a little bit today uh, because sometimes it's just uh, things are so simple that we as human beings tend to overcomplicate them. Um, and sometimes when things are complicated, then we're happy. You know, the mind is happy. The mind loves to complicate things. The heart is very simple. The body is very simple. The mind loves complicating things. Um, now just because things are simple does not mean they are easy. And this is, uh, I think a trap we sometimes fall into that we think things that are so simple should also be easy. And that's not necessarily true. It can be, it isn't always. And so when it comes to bringing change about in our lives, finding happiness, uh, you know, really living a fulfilled, joyful, exuberant life, it's really not that complicated. It's about We've talked about this many times on the show, about changing our focus, about changing our perspective, about looking at things with gratitude, about knowing that everything is here to serve us. Yes, everything. And so it's not really that complicated to make that shift. Is it easy? Well, it depends where we happen to be at the time. It, and when you're in the middle of something that feels really difficult, really uncomfortable, it can feel very difficult to make that shift. It doesn't have to be, but us as human beings, that can be our experience. So just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, however, as I said before, the mind loves to complicate things. So the universe is trying to say, well, you know, maybe if I overcomplicated things, maybe if I make it a little more difficult, you know, maybe if I make it that you have to do this weird dance and stand on your head and hold your breath for 45 seconds and do this, like then maybe it'll, uh, more people would, would get it that like, okay, now I can like, if I do this weird complicated things, like then I can change my life. You know, that's the kind of stuff the mind likes. But the truth is, it's not that difficult. It's not that complicated. I'm sorry, not difficult. It's not that complicated. It, it's actually very, very simple. A and personally, in my experience over my life, whenever I've found something that's been a a real fundamental truth, it's always been a truth that's very simple, very elegant, not overly complicated. Uh, so if something feels too complicated, if something, you know, again, there are, oh, of course, there are always exceptions, but I'm just talking when it comes down to real fundamental day-to-day -day truths that we live with, and all truth is relative, what's true for us may not be true for someone else, the, the ones that really uh, uh, hold the test of time tend to be those that are most simple and most elegant. So, uh, wonderful quote from the universe. Having a little fun with us today. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. There's an expression in the physical environment that you use to entertain each other. It doesn't serve you very well. That says, I worry that I'll go down to the dock and that my ship will have already come and gone. I'll miss my boat. And we say... Another boat, another boat, another boat. 
You have no idea how many boats are coming to your dock. It's a steady stream, and it doesn't matter how many of them you've missed. The only thing that matters is what are you doing right now in your vibration. And you can tell what you're doing right now in your vibration by the way you feel. Abraham. Ooh, I really like this quote. I like this quote because I can really relate to it because... I've missed a lot of boats in my lifetime. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've, uh, you know, seen opportunity in front of me and not taken advantage of it a million and one times. I have, and, and this is not just in business, but in personal relationships, in, in all different aspects of life where, um, there was an opportunity for happiness, for travel, for whatever, for, for new experiences. And I may not have taken it or whatever I, things, circumstances around me, I couldn't take advantage of it. And what I've learned over time is that no matter what I've missed, there's always something more. And when I kind of came to realize this, and I really came to realize it mostly in business first, but I know, I know it also applies to almost everything else. When people try and sell me on something using a scarcity tactic, like you have to buy now or the price goes up or you know this is our special and you got to book now, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt it's like, nah. I don't need to fall into that tactic. I don't need to play into uh, that mind game. There's always another opportunity. There's always another sale on. May have to wait a little bit, but if you're patient and you wait, there's always, always, always another opportunity coming. And that anytime anybody says, this is our one and only chance, you know, it actually kind of rubs me the wrong way now. I mean, and I do understand the psychological marketing tactic behind it. You know, we want people to take action and that, you know, overcoming inertia can be very difficult. So sometimes we use that tactic to help people to overcome inertia and make uh, action to move forward. And as we shift our perspective and as we begin to understand that there is abundance all around us, and it does not matter what the economic climate is. It does not matter what challenges we're dealing with in the outside world. There are always, always, always an abundance of possibilities. Uh, I was just on a call the other day with uh, uh, my business coach, uh, Monique, uh, you know, with a, our whole group. It was a group call. And, and and we were talking about, you know, what's going on now and how like a lot of live events are being canceled. And, and she very, I believe, uh, uh, successfully pointed out that, yes, and what new opportunity is, is there? You know, we have this tendency to think, oh, well, there's certain things I can always do, only do live in front of a person. But is that really true? Because oftentimes there are other ways. There are other possibilities. I've seen it with guests who've come on my show who were spiritual masters who basically put an energetic transmission into the recording and you could listen to it anytime and you can feel the energy behind it. And that's a very esoteric, very kind of out there kind of example. 
And yet it's true. So the only limitation and the only thing that keeps us from seeing the abundance and the possibilities around are our own limiting thoughts, our own conceptions, our own ideas. So I just want to really, I, I love this quote from Abraham, there's always another boat. You know, uh, we, we, there's no such thing as just one boat in our lifetime. Uh, are there opportunities that are quote-unquote once-in-a-lifetime opportunities? Yes, but there are many once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. They're, 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 your life is filled with once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. So let's not be so restrictive in our thinking that, oh my God, uh, this is the only opportunity. If I miss this, I've missed it and that's it. I'm done. No, that's not the way life works. I am a huge, uh, for in my point of view, please, uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you what the truth is of the universe. You have to find your own truth. In my experience, I just know that there is, always something more waiting for us. And if we missed some kind of opportunity, whether it was an intimate relationship, a business opportunity, a career, or whatever, what any kind of opportunity, uh, that perhaps there is another one waiting that is even better for us. So two wonderful quotes from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoy them today. I saw some nice uh, reactions on uh, the Facebook Live. Thank you all for tuning in. I do appreciate it. So before break, I know we just got a couple of minutes before we go to break. I just want to introduce my guest because I'm very thrilled to have on the show today, uh, Roberta Shaler, PhD. She is known as the Relationship Help Doctor who provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. Her mission is to provide the insights, information, and inspiration for clients and audiences to know how, why and how to transform relationship with themselves and with other humans to be honest, respectful, and safe in all ways. Even the United States Marines sought her help. I mean, this woman is no slouch. You know I, I only have the best on here. Uh, Dr. Shaler empowers partners, exes, adult children, and coworkers of the relentlessly difficult, toxic people that she's coined the frame hijackles to recognize emotional abuse, realize the effects, heal, and transform. She helps them see clearly, stop the crazy making, and save their sanity. Widely published and author of 16 books, whoo, uh, including Escaping the Hijackal Trap and Stop um, uh, That's Crazy Making. She is the host of the internationally popular podcast, Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. Her YouTube channel, which is for relationship help, has reached over 335,000 views. It's my wonderful, exciting, exuberant pleasure to welcome fellow Evolutionary Business Council member uh, back to the show, Roberta Shaler. How are you doing, Roberta? I'm doing really well, and I have to apologize for moving around, but my iPad just told me I wasn't getting charged, so I was going to lose things in the middle. So Oops. I'm charged now and happy to talk with you, Sam. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Roberta, we just have like a minute before we go out for our first break. Um, let's just start off with uh, like 
Did you, when you were like younger, when you're starting off, did you ever foresee yourself as being like a relationship expert, you know, in the future? Like, did you ever foresee this is what you would become known for? Yes, I did. It was very clear because I was raised in total dysfunction and I was always curious about what's wrong with this picture. Ah, okay. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that. We're going to take a quick break. So after we come back from break, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that. And then we're going to get into this very, very important topic um, of relationships and and recognizing hijackles and all of that good stuff, um, because this is something that is so essential to life today. Okay. Absolutely. Wonderful, Rebeta. So, so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Dr. Roberta Shaler, and we will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live, all over my pages. Uh, And and you can find us on uh, the Talk Radio NYC Facebook page, The Conscious Consultant, and uh, my newer page, which is Inspired Thoughts, where we put out uh, lots of great uh, inspirational quotes every day along with other stuff. Stuff like this. Um, so, uh, Roberta, uh, Dr. Shaler, I should call you. It's, it's, uh, you, you. You've worked hard to earn the, that PhD, so let's respect it. Um, you said that you grew up in a very sort of toxic environment. Um, uh, what was it like? like? Like just on a sort of a day-to-day basis, how would you describe sort of this environment that you grew up in and and how did, and and I'm also kind of fascinated that you sort of intuitively knew like there was something wrong with this picture. Yes, well, I am an only child, and that's because my mother didn't want children, uh. so that was a mistake on her part. <laughs> <laughs> and she was happy to let me know that. And uh. my father didn't like my mother, and he was a passive aggressive narcissist, a covert narcissist. My mother was a borderline. So we have some difficulties when we have two people who are basically dysfunctional and then they put all the onus on me because they are staying together for the child. And I was only three years old when I just looked at these people and my mother had been in a mental institution for a year and a half of that time and she came back and I'm like, what? Who is this? Uh, Who behaves this way? And I was only three years old. And of course, I didn't have those words. But I certainly knew that the energy was way off. Yeah. Yeah. Children, uh, you know, when we're children, we like intuitively know. And and it's kind of we, we because we're so much more in tune with our bodies, I think, when we're children than when we're adults, we automatically know like when something is off. I think that's true. And I had been in a place when my mother was away, I had had a taste of being doted on and adored and taken care of and the Mm. focus of my godparents. So I knew the contrast. And now I'm in this energy that is 
well, they don't really want me and they don't like each other and they think I'm in the way, but here I am. Right, right. And then that creates all kinds of uh, uh, challenges to our self-esteem, our self-worth, and and our future relationships as well. Did did you find that you know once you became an adult and started having your own relationships that th- this experience sort of tainted what you experienced with other people? Well, absolutely. If you have hijackal parents, Sam. Mm-hmm. That's the only reality you've known. And our brain grows until we're 30. It's not complete. Mm. So the things that go in before prefrontal and parietal lobe development, somewhere around the age of seven, mm-hmm. those things are all emotional and they're embedded in us. Uh-huh. So that's the, what our basic operating situation is, our right. basic operating system. And so, of course, if you've had hijackal parents, you're going to be comfortably uncomfortable when you meet a hijackal as your first relationship or early on. And hijackals can almost smell you. So yeah. they are going to find you. And yes, of course, marriage made in supposedly heaven <laughs> turned into hell. Right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so... um as as an adult, um, um, how did you? I just like very briefly, like what was the course that brought you to really be becoming an, a relationship expert? Well, I was always interested in conflict management, and I was on uh, my way to be a doctor, a medical doctor. Oh, okay. And uh, I found that I was pregnant. I was just going to medical school, and I thought. No, there's no way that you can put a child through med- medical school. That's not fair. <laughs> so I changed course and got a doctorate in psychology. And really, the reason was that this solution had to be found. Mm. When I went to get help myself as a teenager and beyond, people did not recognize what had happened to me or what was going on in my marriage. And that happens to so many people, Sam. And that's why it's my mission to be there for them. Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. All right, wonderful, Roberta. Okay, so let's start with some of the basics. Um, How does somebody recognize that they're in a relationship with a hijackal? By the way, what does the term hijackal mean? Where does that come from? Well, I trademarked that term because I found too many people were going to the Internet and treating it as though it were a mental health professional. So Uh, they put in what was going on and they would get back clinical terms like narcissist, borderline, psychopath, sociopath, antisocial. And then they just blamed the other person for having those traits. But the fact of the matter is they were in the relationship, too. Mm -hmm. So a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for his or her own purposes, Mm -hmm. and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, Mm -hmm. for status, for control. Mm -hmm. So to know you're in a relationship with one, they're always going to have to win. They love to catch you off guard. They engage in all or nothing thinking. One minute, you're the best thing that ever happened to them. The next minute, you displease them, and you're the scum of the earth. Mm -hmm. Oh, so many things, Sam. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and it can be subtle, right? Like I know people who have been in those kinds of relationships, um, but they are like, oh no, he's an okay guy or, you know, she's not that bad. There's really good, you know, there's some really great parts to the relationship and, and that, that kind of abuse or that kind of, uh, 
uh, a dynamic between the two of them, it can be something relatively subtle, can't it? Well, it can be, but usually the person who's saying those things, giving the benefit of the doubt to the relationship, usually those are people who have been damaged themselves, good mm. people mm-hmm. who are very empathetic, right? who want to say, oh, no, I'm sure I can fix this. I'm sure if I love this person enough, they'll change. They didn't have enough love in their childhood. I'll provide that, and then magically they'll change. No, they won't. (laughs) Especially not from getting enough love. Maybe if they get a two-by-four across the side of the head, they might change. (laughs) Yeah, there's not enough love in the world that you can pour into a person who has developed these traits and patterns and cycles to have them change because to change means there's something wrong with them Mm. and they will not acknowledge that they are responsible for anything they do. Mm. They're not responsible for what they do to you. They will Mm. tell you, I'm not responsible for how you feel. Um, That's your problem. They're not interested. And this was in their first seven years of life. In most cases, you know, occasionally something will happen. I've had one or two people who had very severe postpartum depression and they Uh, immediately went into a new personality pattern, quite uh, disordered, but mostly it comes from our youth. So these people are not going to change because the way that they had to protect themselves to survive is fundamental to who they are. Right, right, absolutely. And so uh, another sort of common problem is that the person who's in a relationship with a hijackal can get down on themselves, like, why do I always end up with this kind of person? And, you know, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe they are right. What, what would you say to that? Oh, that's so common, Sam. Yeah. You know, I have a membership program and I have Facebook groups. And almost every day someone will say, well, what if I'm the hijackal? You know, I've gotten out, but now what if I'm the hijackal? And I say, if you're asking that question, highly unlikely you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you've got that level of self-awareness, not, not very likely. No. And so for those people, once they recognize that, oh, I am taking it on. I am taking responsibility for the relationship well beyond my pay grade. I can't change this person. But what I can teach them and what I do teach them is to practice and prepare. Mm. So they practice new mindsets. They practice new Uh. values expression. And they do that if there isn't any sexual or physical abuse in the relationship. I tell them to stay so that we can work and Uh. practice and prepare so they don't end up somewhere completely impoverished, disempowered, and at least they got out. And that's the mentality. And that's not helpful, and it sure won't help your kids. Right, right. So just because you're in a dysfunctional relationship doesn't mean that you should necessarily just jump ship right away. Again, assuming that there's no abuse involved. If there's abuse, you know, that I think is is kind of the the wild card that, like, you just— get out if there's abuse involved right well physical and physical and sexual abuse sam no question you're having verbal and emotional abuse and maybe spiritual abuse financial abuse in your relationship but if it's physical or sexual go directly to the police in the hospital and report 
and get out right. because it will happen again. Right. So assuming there's no physical or sexual abuse, then this is sort of a, a process that you uh, help people through to, uh, I, I'm assuming, like help shift their own um, perspective or their or how they're sort of showing up and and help to build them up so that if in the future when they feel if they feel they're ready that they do have the ability to move on yes and it's as basic as feeling you have the right to say what you think feel need and want Mm. and knowing how to say that you know my definition of assertiveness sam Mm -hmm. is that to know you have the right to take up space and draw breath Mm -hmm. and because of that right you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, and want, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. Mm. So that's where the practice comes in. Learning to speak up and say what you think, feel, need, and want. First of all, you got to know what you think, feel, need, and want. Mm-hmm. And then learn to say it without mentioning another human by name or pronoun. Mm. So that takes a lot of practice. Right. Because we're in... We, we go quickly to blame. We'll yeah. blame ourselves. We'll blame the other person. Hijackals don't like to be poked. That mm. doesn't work well. Mm. That causes rage and causes silent treatment. It causes people to walk out, slam the door, and not tell you when they're coming back. And everything with a hijackal will be your fault. Mm. So you don't want to enter into those conversations anymore. You want mm. to have another way to deal with it. And that's where the practice comes in. I see. So you kind of shift the focus from the other person to yourself, but in a way where you're just expressing your needs and your feelings and not necessarily making the other person wrong for anything. You're just saying what you feel and what you need. Yes, to become able to do that, to be able to give yourself permission to when the other person gives you indication that they don't care what you think, feel, need, or want. It's all about them.com, right? (laughs) But you have to have the strength to be able to say things like this. Somebody gaslights you. That's something Mm. a hijackle does. Gaslighting means that they will tell you and define your reality for you. Well, I know what you really think, and it's this. Well, at a moment like that, you have to learn to say, actually, that's not what I think. I'm happy to tell you if you inquire, but at this moment, that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a whole different way than saying, no, I don't feel like that. You're wrong. You're always putting words in my mouth. Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to work well. You have to change how you do it. And to build that confidence, that inner self that says, no, no, I have the right I absolutely have the right to say what I think, feel, need, want, prefer, and remember. Because a gaslighting hijackal will say, oh, you remember it all wrong. And they will try to put their twist and spin on it and put those words into your mouth. Okay, wonderful. It's time for us to take another break. I want you to hold that thought. And when we come back, I want to talk more about sort of this process of how we change ourselves so that we can move forward and and hopefully if when we leave that relationship not attract another hijackal okay yes 
All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook and LinkedIn, everywhere. So everyone, please stay tuned. We will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Dr. Roberta Shaler, who is a relationship help doctor and uh, author of the book, uh, Escaping the Hijackal Trap. Um, I'm still kind of like in awe of the fact that you've written 16 books. (laughs) Um, So we're talking about, you know, these toxic relationships and... And how to sort of move forward after experiencing one of these very toxic relationships. So, uh, Dr. Shaler, why don't you uh, kind of uh, give us some kind of a path of like, I'm in this toxic relationship with a hijackal. I realize they're a hijackal. I start learning to, to speak up for myself, not blaming them, not accusing them, but uh, uh, standing my own ground and standing up for my needs, what's next? Well, that practice is really important. And then the preparation part comes. Like what? Sometimes people will say, well, shouldn't you just leave? Well, no. First Mm. of all, for the reasons that I said earlier about the preparation. But one of the parts of preparation is to recognize how old are my children? Mm. What is their level of brain growth? How often is this hijackal interacting with them? Mm. What is this hijackal showing as a model of relationship that the children are seeing? Mm. How do I talk to the children about what's going on? Do I? Do I highlight this or do I just let them experience it? There are so many things you have to think through. Mm. And then you have to prepare them. One of the things hijackals like to do, they like to take over the finances. They leap into Uh, financial abuse really early on. And so they will say, oh, don't worry, honey, I'll take care of it. And pretty soon they're saying to you, you can get by on less money for food. You can do this. Who do you think you are? You can't go there. You can't do this. And then when you prepare, you look into it and you find Many of them have offshore accounts. Many of them are siphoning money and putting them in safe places for themselves. Many times they have bought things in their name and you didn't even be part of the transaction. I even had a case, Sam, where the woman thought her name was on the title of the house because she signed it. She saw it. And we found that the hijackal husband, they're very charming, very manipulative, had gone in, prevailed upon a young bank teller, told his story. You know, I really hope you can help me. My wife is terminally ill. She can't come in. She can't even sign her name. And she wants things to be in good order when she passes. So she'd like to have her name taken off the house. Oh, Jesus. Now, she was in fine fiddle. Mm -hmm. However, now her name wasn't on the house. 
And we had to go through all kinds of things to help her prepare financially mm. to be ready to leave equitably. Mm. Right, because you don't want to leave uh, and leave yourself without any resources and to leave yourself kind of uh, uh, at zero. You want to uh, leave with whatever you deserve in a sense. Right, but you also don't want to leave leave when you're at zero emotionally. You're yes. at zero in confidence. Right. These are the things that if you're smart, in my opinion, if you're smart, you're going to prepare. You right. are going to practice all of these new techniques, setting boundaries, setting boundaries with con- consequences, knowing where the money is, right. thinking through, am I being spiritually abused? Sometimes hijackers love to be part of a spiritual organization so that they can make other people wrong by the rules of the organization uh, while they do exactly what they want. So they will use that spiritual abuse to make the partner feel less than not good enough all the time. So you put all these things together. You've got a situation where we've got to take things step by step, piece by piece, arena by arena practice being strong, confident with boundaries, try it out, communicate differently, learn to pick your battles, know what to do with them, and then make a plan. If you're going to be leaving, leave in a way that you know you have taken the best care of yourself. Right, right. Because it doesn't always serve ourselves to just flat out leave right away. But if we prepare and we leave in a way that really serves us the best, that that's the, ultimately the best solution for what we're experiencing. Yes. I mean, I've had people say to me, all right, I, I'm just going to get out. I'll go to a shelter and, and, you know, we'll start fresh. Well, if there's no physical or sexual abuse, you're just mm. exhausted and downtrodden, demeaned, belittled, can't deal with it anymore. You're exhausted then I want to work with that person to say, okay, let's get a little change going on here. How you perceive the situation, where you find your strength, where you find the openings, what you're doing for self-care. Little by little by little, take back yourself, re-engage with yourself, not all about the hijackal. That's the way life has been, how to keep the hijackal happy. No, you've given up your own happiness. We've got to get that back. We've got to get on a path for that. Yeah. And and there's a whole range of hijackals, isn't it? I mean, they're not always so extreme. They they can be lesser extreme and more extreme, right? Sure. I mean, malignant narcissist, for instance, is Mm -hmm. a kind of hijackal. Now, you don't have that diagnosis, of course, when you're when you are the partner. But those are the people who are mean, 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 demeaning, awful, put down, will hit you, hurt you, do those things, take you off the title to the house. They will do those things. But then there are more covert hijackals, Mm. covert hijackals play the victim. Well, if you loved me, you would. Mm. Nobody ever bothers to care what I want. And they're constantly, it's all about them, but it's all about what they can't have and how you're maltreating them. And it is playing on every empathetic, sympathetic bone in your body. (laughs) And that's the idea to keep you hooked in. You need to fix me. You need to take care of me. You're mean to me. The whole world has been mean to me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going out to eat worms, right? Mm. 
Right, right, right. What is it that that attracts people to hijackles? Why do people fall into that sort of trap when they don't recognize what's going on? Well, they do something we call love bombing sound. Mm. And they are chameleons. They can be exactly who you want. They can Uh, read you like a book in most cases. So they, oh, you want the charming person. You want to be flooded with gifts. You want to be taken on a vacation. You want me to sweep in and pay your debts for you. Uh, Oh, and praise you. I mean, they know every love language. They speak them all. uh, And it's all phony. It's all fake. It is all love bombing. I will give you everything until the moment. Like you mentioned my book, Escaping the Hijackle Trap. There is a whole chapter in there on the gotcha factor. Uh, Once they gotcha, then uh, they show you who they really are. I see. I see. I see. So uh, uh, just quickly before we go to break, um, is there are there ways to sort of recognize... Uh, that a person is a hijackal before you've gotten into that committed relationship? Yes, and I'm going to remind everybody, when you're dating, whip off those rose-colored glasses because you can't see red flags. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, great. All right, so let us take our last break of the show, and when we come back, let's talk about sort of the aftermath, like once you've left the hijackal, what do you do before you go back into another relationship, and then uh, making sure that your next relationship isn't tainted by what you just came out of, okay? Absolutely. Good thoughts. Wonderful. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Just want to give a quick shout out to loyal listener, Patty, who's uh, listening to us on Facebook Live. Thank you, Patty. It's always so great to see you uh, on the Facebook Live. Um, So we're talking with Dr. Roberta Shaler, uh, author of the book, Escaping the Hijackal Trap, who's really, I mean, a relationship guru, I I, I would consider you, Roberta. You're you're really so... uh, um, of such deep knowledge and experience with this. So we've realized we've been in a relationship with a hijackal. We, we've prepared ourselves. We've been uh, taking our time. We work towards our exit, and we exit in the way that's best for us. It's not always simple. It's not always easy. It can be a bumpy ride. But let's say eventually we get there and we leave now what do we do? We're, we're, we're by ourselves. Uh, maybe we have kids with us. Uh, what do we do? I mean, we don't just go and hop right back into another relationship, do we? Oh, no, you don't <laughs> if you're smart. <laughs> right. It, people ask that question all the time, Sam, and I tell them, give yourself one year around the sun. Ah. <laughs> you know, focus on you focus on 
coming to peace within yourself, focused on reshuffling your values and making sure you're expressing them every day. No one else is calling the shots. Now, don't go into denial because hijackals hate being left. You are their supply. And when you tell them that they are not the top of the pile for you, they are furious in most cases. Now, if they discard you, they have disdain for you. If you discard them, they're going to come after you. They want everything. Oh. You are their supply. You are their emotional supply. So it's not going to be easy in most cases. The hijackal will run off and get more supply because they've been grooming supply all along. They may not have had an affair. Most of them do. But they've been grooming supply. You know, the person in the office, the person in the coffee shop, you know, or the person at the networking event. <laughs> they've been grooming supply. So they will annoy you no end because they will turn out madly in love with somebody else. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with that. But for yourself, just see this as a time of relative silence, emotionally and verbally. They're not in your ear mm. and don't converse with them. Mm. If you need to talk about the kids, do it only by email and text. Do uh -huh. not talk with them unless there's an emergency and an emergency can come in text as well. Right. And that way you will not engage. You will not get a hook, Dan. You will not. Now the research shows that people actually leave generally seven times before they finally leave wow. because of all the hooks and tentacles of feelings and what could have been and the history that we've had and, you know, on and on and on. We can make a million excuses, but try and make the first time your, your last time <laughs> because then you can start to heal. But if you can't do that, don't beat yourself up. You know, it takes a while. You got into this pattern because it is an old pattern for you. You were comfortably uncomfortable with this emotional dynamic. Right. And that's probably from your childhood and early life. Mm, mm. Yeah, and that, that's so important because it's so easy to get down on yourself for having gotten involved in the first place. So um, you, you've found a way to get yourself out of this situation. Um, if you've left the hijackal, will the hijackal come back and try and convince you to get back in a relationship with them? Well, they come in two varieties. <laughs> the uh, one goes off to show that, you know, look at all the people who want me and you've discarded me. So they are, they are dating and posting all over social media to show you who cares. And then the uh, other variety is you will not leave me. Uh, I will make your, your life a living hell and you will not leave me. And part of that living hell will be they'll confuse you because they will love bomb you again. They will go back to being that person you fell in love with. Uh, and you're hooked on hope that you were right. That's the real person. So they hook you again. And that's why it takes some people several times to leave. Right. And it's so important to understand you need help. You really do need help. Right. And if you if you can't get individual help, you know, I have clients all over the world because I work by video conferencing. But if you can't get individual help, at least get help. Go and belong to a support group. Right. Do something that allows you to not be marginalized and isolated to think that, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I was in this relationship. No, speak up. 
Right. You'll find you have a lot of people who are going, yeah, it happened to me too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Unfor- unfortunately, it's much more common than than we realize. Um, how do we keep from falling into the same trap a second time? You do your work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, remember that these patterns have been instilled in you from a young, young age. And you have to go back and find them right. and pull them out and say, hey, this is where this came from. Do I want it anymore? Is it serving me? Is this going to get me to the place that I want to be in an emotionally mature and emotionally intimate relationship with myself and with another human? No, by all means, no matter how you have to scrape it together, get some help from an expert who understands this. Now, I want to put that caveat in there, um, Sam, because... I've had so many people say, well, they went and then the hijacker wanted to go. And then the, the, the person, the mental health professional they were working with was not experienced in seeing these patterns. And so the hijacker manipulated the counselor or the therapist to see that there was something wrong with their partner and nothing wrong with them. And then you get into a very difficult situation. So make sure you go to someone who is very wise, well-experienced and well-educated in seeking out and knowing what to do with hijackals. Right, right. Absolutely. And this is something that, you know, is so, so important that we have a tendency to think that, you know, we have to do everything on our own when and especially when it comes to relationships that's one of the places where it's so important to have some kind of a coach a therapist some kind of a a a a skilled professional to help us through the difficult times to help us through things and see things more clearly because it's always difficult for ourselves to see uh, things objectively because we're emotionally tied into it. We're in the middle of everything. But when we work with someone who's outside of it, they can see things much more clearly. Yes, I tell people you're a goldfish. You're in a bowl <laughs> filled with water on a table in a room. And what I do for you is I can see the goldfish and the water and the bowl and the table and the room where you can't see all that because you're the goldfish. So that's why you go to a professional who can really help you immediately identify the patterns, realize they're not your fault, Hmm. expunge what happened to you that made this in any way attractive or acceptable, and give you a new set of tools to go on confidently that you're not going to be hijackal bait anymore. Hmm. Hijackal bait. That's a good one. Um, you know, we've talked a, a little bit here and there about, you know, when there are kids involved. Um, and I just want to do this briefly because we're coming close to the end of the show. What do you say to the kids when, when you've left the hijackal? How do you handle their uh, sort of emotional development uh, when uh, you are in the middle of things? The most important thing to do for your children, not overburden them with things to do, have lots of quiet time, and then listen to them like crazy. Listen to them and watch their faces. Because you can't, depending on the child's age and stage, as I said earlier, 
there are things that they have to have as age appropriate conversations and you can't burden them with things that are beyond their age. Right, and many people right. do that because they get out and they turn their children into their confidants. Don't do that. Mm. <laughs> the child needs to be the focus. Right. Let the child tell you what happens at mommy or daddy's house when they go there. Let the child express. Don't be in a detective. Don't be interrogating the child. What happened? What did they say? How do you feel? No. Leave space when the child comes back from the other house. For the child to just get into regular flow with you and then, you know, chat. Let's find out how are they feeling? What's going on? Right. And if you're going to you have an older child and they say, well, you know, I don't understand this, then if the child is maybe teenager or early teenager, you can talk with them, listen more than you talk, but you can talk with them about, does that seem reasonable to you? Would mm. you like to be that person? Is that how you behave? Right. Would you like to be the person behaving that way? And then they can make decisions internally. Right. right. But bad-mouthing the partner... No, not good at all. Because remember, that child has half the partner's DNA. They yeah. have loyalty on both sides. Yeah. And yeah. it's very deep-seated. Absolutely. It's very, very true. All right. Un unfortunately, Dr. Shaler, I'm afraid we have to leave it there. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. If people want to learn more about you, find out more about your work, uh, where do they go? How can they find out more about your work? Yes, that's why I'm sorry I'm not in my studio today. It would have been right there on the wall, Sam. Uh, uh, you go to transformingrelationship.com, singular, transformingrelationship.com, or you go to my YouTube channel, 4, F-O-R, Relationship Help, H-E-L-P. And when you're on transformingrelationship.com, you'll see the podcast, Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. And that has two episodes a week. So subscribe when you get there so you can learn more. Wonderful. Yeah, and you've been doing your show for a long time, haven't you? I have. I've been podcasting since 2002. Oh, wow. I mean, I've been not, I've been doing this since 2010, and I thought that was a long time. <laughs> well, not always with this show, of course, but yes. I have been a podcaster for a very long time. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Shaler, for taking the time to come on my show today. This has been a very uh, valuable uh, conversation. I know many of my uh, listeners are really uh, getting a lot out of this. So I really want to thank you for all of your insights and your contribution. Well, thank you for your great questions, Sam. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as always. And of course, a uh, fellow EBC member, I've always uh, loved bringing on people from the Evolutionary Business Council. Uh, always uh, turns into such good conversations. So have yourself a wonderful good day, Dr. Shaler. You too, Sam. Thanks. And, and of course, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in today. Uh, did you like this conversation? Uh, do you appreciate it? Do you think other people need to know about this? Please share the video, share the audio, share the podcast. Uh, let's not uh, keep this a, a secret. I think this information is so, so important. The more people who uh, see it, uh, get exposed to it, the better. So thank you all for tuning in. Next week, I have an amazing, amazing author coming on my show. You definitely uh, don't want to miss that. And coming up next, immediately following the show, it's the Voices 
Voice of Courage with uh, Ken Foster uh, having a, a great interview as well right here on talkradio.nyc. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.